Welcome. Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no brakes. If you're looking for the same old sports talk, get out. You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far just to come this far, you hear me? I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and highly opinionated. This here show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick? Because you ask great questions, you have the knack, you have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host. The guy's an absolute stud. John Zagul. Goodbye, PJ Walker. Hello, Ice and Bajan. Sports Talk Chicago. Here with John Zaglou. Appreciate all of you tuning in. Subscribe to the channel for more Chicago Bears and Chicago sports content. Follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. And up our sponsor, Amish Country Farms in Portland Park. What a whirlwind of a week. NFL cut days forthcoming and now over with. And the Bears made the right decision. Ryan Poles made the right decision, one that we advised him about on this program about two weeks ago. Tyson Bajant is officially the QB2 for the Bears, and Ryan Poles, although maybe not popular in terms of salary cap space, made the right decision in terms of merits and talent and what the Bears should look like moving forward. In case you haven't heard, which I'm sure you have, P.J. Walker has been cut. Tyson Bajant will be the QB2 for the Bears, and that's going to be it. Nathan Peterman also cut. Fields is one, Bajant's two, and that's all the Bears need right now. The Bears ended up giving up $2 million of P.J. Walker's guaranteed salary now that he was cut from the team. But as Ryan Poles demonstrated in this move, who cares? And that's what I love most about this decision. Who cares? For once, the Bears are making decisions based off of merit, based off of talent, based off of skill, and not off of, well, we owe this guy. I don't want to piss him off. He needs to stay. Talk about a fresh perspective. Ryan Poles isn't doing this with everybody. We're going to do a separate video on Vados Jones Jr. You want to stick around for that one. But he's doing it with P.J. Walker and with the backup quarterback position. It was pretty clear throughout the preseason, at least in the games, and according to Matt Eberflus in practice, that Tyson Bajan was the better quarterback. In the first game against Tennessee, Bajan went 4-5 for 37 yards. P.J. Walker went 4-8 for 19 yards and a pick. Ouch. In the second game against Indianapolis, Pageant 9 of 10 for 76 yards. And he also added a rushing touchdown. And in the last game, 7 of 14, 43 yards. Pageant did not look good in the final game, but Walker still didn't do enough to impress or overtake what Pageant had done previously. According to an article here from Bears Wire, some quotes here from Matt Eberflus about how this all happened. Well, for Eberflus, it was an open competition, and it was created. It was created by the players. The players created that. Tyson really created that in practice, and he did it and created it in the games. What we saw from him was execution, poise, accuracy, and the ability to move the ball down this field. And again, he's put his best foot forward. Matt Eberflus on Tyson Beja. This was pretty apparent to Bears fans after maybe the second preseason game. First game, it was just exciting, and could he do this again? Then he did it again. Then it was like, okay, you really can't cut this kid. But I think the most refreshing part of this move, and I'm going to keep saying it because this is key. I hope everybody understands how key this is. For years, as Bears fans, and we're not even going to Matt Nagy or Ryan Pace. We're going before that. We're going Bill Embry, Jerry Angelo, even further back. For years, it's been. 
We're indebted to him. We paid him money. A lot of it's guaranteed. We can't cut him. We can't cut this player. I don't care how bad he is. The name and the recognition and the salary forces us not to cut him. That's been the Bears' mantra for 20 years, minimum, if not longer. Ryan Poles is breaking that mold. This is big news, not just for Tyson Bajan and his performance, which makes everybody happy, but for the bigger picture. The Bears have finally said, and they've mandated it here, we care about talent, we care about skill set, we care about fit in our scheme. We don't care what your name is, what you were quote-unquote brought in for, and how much money you're making. If you do not contribute to this team, and if you lose your spot or lose your competition based on skill, you're out. That is a winning precedent. Winners do that stuff, not losers. And that's why the Bears have been losers for 20, 30, 40 years since the Super Bowl. That's why they've been losers. Because they're more worried about pleasing certain players and pleasing agents, pleasing coaches, GMs, whatever the case may be. They're not worried about pleasing the overall product and winning football games. That changed with this move. Tyson Bajan could turn into a gigantic bust. He could turn into nothing for the Bears. But you know what? Based on his performance, based on the evaluation and what the Bears and what we all saw through the three preseason games and in practice, he clearly won the job. And the Bears chose him because of skill set and talent. If Bajan turns out to be a bust, I have no blame nor issue with Ryan Poles' decision here. Bajan could totally stink it up, be a complete bust, and just do horrible in regular season games does not matter to me. I'm never going to blame Ryan Poles for this decision, not once, because at the end of the day, in this moment, at this time, it was based on talent, it was based on skill set, it was based on how is he going to fit in this scheme, and the answers to all those were better than P.J. Walker. And that was the choice. That was the decision made, and I cannot applaud it enough. Even these quotes from Eberflus, and here's a real narrative shift. Would Matt Nagy have said what Eberflus said here? Ask yourself that question. Ask yourself if Matt Nagy would have said it was an open competition and it was created by the players. The players created it. No, Matt Nagy would have been like, well, I like you, I don't like you. Okay, you're out. There is no creative competition. There is no, hey, you can earn it and be on this team based on merit. Because if that were the case, Mitch Trubisky never would have been benched. I just love the shift organizationally and culturally with this team. And this decision, again, on the base level, on the surface level, hey, it's great for Tyson Bajan. What a nice story. But there is so much more that goes behind this rather than wow, nice story. This is a precedent. It's a mandate. It's an organizational and cultural change and shift and a profound one at that. There's no more, I need to cater to this guy. I need to worry about this guy. I paid him $2 million. I can't let that go. Ryan Poles showed here, too, that he's not cheap. He might be shrewd in the players he signs, the contracts he gives out, which is great. He's in budget, love that stuff. But he's not cheap in terms of, him. made a bad investment. I got to kind of hold on to him and see what happens. No, he's okay cutting $2 million if that means he takes the better player. So much positive with this decision. So much good with this decision, it's more than just they took Tyson Bajan. And I hope everybody understands it and recognizes it now because 
These are this is what winning organizations do. This is what winning teams do. This is what good teams do. Think about the dynasties and the great teams over the past 15, 20 years, the Patriots. They bring in everybody. They give them lower contracts. If you're a misfit toy, per se, you come to the Patriots, and you're going to win, and it's going to work out. Think about the Colts early 2000s, the Rams up until last year. I mean, all these good organizations, they care about winning first. Doesn't matter what your name is. Doesn't matter how much money you're making. If you're here and you're helping to win, if your skill set is aligned with the scheme in this team, you're going to stay and you're going to do good, and you're going to succeed, and you will be here long term. The Bears, for years, prioritized patronage, prioritized favoritism, and politics. For years, they've done this. That's why I said it's not even a Matt Nagy issue. We go back to Jerry Angelo and Lovey Smith. There were good players on those teams who were just in the doghouse and never played. They ran out Thomas Jones, who turned into a Pro Bowl running back in New York. They crapped on Zach Bowman, who was good on special teams and in the secondary. There were players in Lubby's doghouse, for really no reason at all, who went on to better things later. Fast forward to Phil Embry. The Jay Cutler-Josh McCown situation that year. Cutler kept getting hurt. That was an issue. They got rid of Brandon Marshall and Martellus Bennett, in my opinion, too quickly. Just because of an injury and a somewhat of a down year, but really not a bad year. Alshon Jeffrey leaves, wins the Super Bowl. They kept getting rid of the wrong players. And they were doing it for dumb reasons. And then even Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Mitch Trubinsky is a huge example, but what about even Justin Fields in his rookie year? How they treated him with Andy Dalton. How they kept around Andy Dalton. How they kept around Nick Foles, who had no business and still has no business being on an NFL roster today. But they kept him around. They kept paying him. Chase Daniel, one of the highest paid quarter backup quarterbacks in football history. <laughs> and the Bears paid a lot of his salary for nothing. They just wasted money on people who had no business making it. But now look, refreshing, different, culture shifting, a different mentality entirely. I mean, Ryan Poles is just so above all of that. It's, it's not even close. It's not even comparable. He's just so far above the sad, pathetic behavior of former Bears front office executives and head coaches. He doesn't play the favorite game, the blame game, or worry about who should stay, who should go based on name recognition. If you're good enough, you're going to stay. And if you suck, you're out. And that's it. P.J. Walker, I have a lot of respect for as a player and as a person. P.J. Walker is a man of faith. P.J. Walker went through the lowest of lows, going to the USFL to try and just revitalize his career. He was the MVP, turned it around into a contract, and through a big Hail Mary, started games for the Panthers last year. At one point, he was their starter. And when the contract was signed initially, we did a video on it. Great move. NFL experience, USFL MVP, great story. You know, worked his butt off to get back into this situation. Certainly well-deserved, but unfortunately for him, he just did not compete enough and did not perform well enough, and that ended his opportunity here, like Matt Eberflus said. The competition was created. Because candidly, and this is what, it, what he means by created, it didn't exist. It was created, meaning that day one of training camp, gates open up and Lake Forest fans come piling in, 
Yes, P.J. Walker's the number two, guaranteed, almost. It was created because of Bajan's great play and Walker's subsequent decline. So they knew what they wanted to do. The plan was in place. And yet Bajan played spoiler and now won a position. And then even beat out Nathan Peterman, which Peterman played well in the preseason, but he's one of the worst-rated quarterbacks in NFL history. So I have no sympathy or worry. <laughs> about cutting him. That means nothing. So I could not be more happy with these moves. And I just want to emphasize again, there's so much more to this than good for Tyson Bajan. Although that's well-received and certainly deserving for him, there's a lot more to it than that. Brian Poles chose a new era of thinking. He didn't go with the old way and really the losing way. It's the losing way of thinking. I have respect for people who've done so much in these positions. I have respect to an extent for Jerry Angelo, even Ryan Pace I do because I know it's difficult. But at the end of the day, you're going to make the right decisions more often than the wrong ones, and that's how you're going to stay in power. Those guys kept going with the old way of thinking, and clearly it was a losing way of thinking. Because the Bears have always sucked. Finally, Brian Pohl says, no, you know what? We want to win. So we're going to make a decision that might be unpopular in terms of management or, or executives or people inside the organization. But it breaks with the old, brings in the new, and sets us up to win more. If Justin Fields gets hurt, based on this performance of the preseason, Tyson Bagent could win the Bears a game if need be. He could actually come in, be electric, and maybe lead the Bears to a game-winning drive, or at least keep the Bears in a game when Fields isn't there. And that's all he has to do. Not going to be the starter, although some on Facebook suggested it. But he's not going to start, nor should he deserve to start. That's going way overboard and probably sipping the Kool-Aid. But he will be on this team, and if needed, if called upon, he will perform. And to me, that's all you can ask for. The Bears have a new punt returner, and it's not Bayless Jones, but kind of. We'll explain. It's Sports Talk Chicago. Appreciate all of you tuning in. Subscribe to the channel for more Chicago sports and Chicago Bears content. Follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago and hit up our sponsor, Amish Country Farms in Orland Park. I was kind of pissed off when I read this story. I kind of didn't really get it, so I want to talk about it here. Now, we all heard, which is a good thing, the Bears have brought in a different punt returner. It won't be Vanessa Jones. It's going to be Trent Taylor, who came from Cincinnati via waivers. The Bears have brought him in, um, has done a lot with receiving and rushing more so, but he has returned punts and kicks. Last year returned 33 for 340 yards on the punt return side, two kicks for uh, 15 on the kick return side. But the point is he's a punt returner, dedicated punt returner, Last year, 33 uh, returns for 340 yards. That's not bad at all. That's certainly better than what Vandalus Jones could have ever done. So I'm very happy about this news. But here's what I don't like, and here's why I said to open up this video, that Trent Taylor is the new guy, kind of. Here's what Brian Poles had to say about the move and about the future of Vandalus Jones, who, by the way, made the team. We called for him to be cut a few weeks ago, and he should have been cut. But for some reason, I guess mediocrity gets rewarded. And I just praised Ryan Poles, and I know I just did, about the idea of rewarding people for talent. He did that with Tyson Bajan and P.J. Walker. 
Poles picked the right guy. Tyson Bajan is the better player. Therefore, he deserves to stay. Great move. This is patronage and favoritism. And it makes sense because this is Ryan Poles' first real draft pick. He doesn't want to admit that he made the wrong decision. But as we talked about last week here, I am not going to fault Ryan Poles for the bad pick of Bellis Jones Jr. Here's why. The draft that Ryan Poles participated in was four months after he got hired. He had no first-round pick. Ryan Pace had that team completely decimated. They were so far over the cap. They cut all these players at tons of dead cap money. They were going to be tanking. I can't, in my good conscience, blame Ryan Poles for this pick. I don't blame him at all. And if they cut him, I would praise him. I'm not going to say, oh, Ryan Poles screwed up. No. Hey, tough situation. You're coming out of the blue, and this is your pick. You thought it would hit. It was a complete miss. Let's move on. Let's let it go. But no. He's choosing the route of favoritism over the route of talent. So I want to get to this quote. Here's the article from NBC Sports Chicago. Polls made sure to say that just because they're taking Jones Jr. off punt returns now, they're not going to give him an opportunity to win the job again sometime down the road. So he said this quote, okay? we got to get Vandalist comfortable in that position. We're going to continue to work on those guys and get them experience and try to get that confidence back that he had in college and before got to work through it, and he's had some weird looks too, so we still believe in him. So this kind of scares me a little bit, okay, because technically, based on this quote, anything is possible. Now, I don't know if Bayless Jones is truly going to come back or truly going to be the punt returner ever again, but the fact that the door was left open makes absolutely no sense to me. Why does Bayless Jones deserve preferential treatment when he has sucked something over a year and a half now. And I say something, I'd say something else, but we're on we're on broadcast TV, but I, I just can't take it, okay? Vanish Jones Jr. has no business being on this team. My goodness. Single-handedly blows two games last year, mucked another punt, I couldn't even believe it when I saw it, and he's still on this team. And Ryan Poole says, oh, the door might be open, give me a break. He can't return punts. The only thing he could do, the only reason that he's probably still here to an extent, is to be a nice end-around decoy in the backfield slash wide receiver. Wide receiver, running back hybrid, that's it! Because he has no other skills for this team. He doesn't block, doesn't get enough looks to be a good quality wide receiver, can't even catch a freaking punt. What's he doing here? Goodness. This was a cut that needed to happen. This needed to happen, and I'm very, very disappointed that they kept him around. And I get it to an extent. I understand what Ryan Poles' thought process is. You drafted him at your first pick. You don't want to admit you're wrong. I understand, and I get it. Again, first pick, new GM, early on. You don't want to cut him and say, oh, you know, I was dead wrong on this, but actually, I'd be okay with it. I I promise you, Ryan Poles, I will not slam you or make fun of you for admitting mistake here, for admitting, hey, I was wrong on this here. I I won't even do it because you know what? The situation that you inherited was horrendous. Nobody wanted this situation. You came in and cleaned it up in a year and a half. That's a props to you. So I'm not mad at you, and I will not make fun of you if you just cut balance and say, you know what? I made a mistake. Cup situation to begin with. Let's move on and win football games. But no, you kept him. Why? 
Why is he staying? I don't know why he's here. I'm happy for Trent Taylor. I think this is a good move. Taylor, again, 33 returns, 340 yards, a dedicated, legitimate punt returner. He had six catches last year. Not much. Also ran for 15 yards. I mean, he's going to be mainly used as a punt returner only. You know what? I'm fine with that. Devin Hester in the beginning was a punt slash kick returner only. That worked out well. I have no issue with somebody taking up a whole roster spot just to be a return guy. That's okay with me. I actually would prefer that. Keep them focused on catching the football, returning the punt 15, 20 yards, setting up your team for field position. There's value in being specifically a kick returner, punt returner. 100%. So that's great. So they brought in a legitimate punt returner. That's pretty much the only thing he can do, and that's perfectly fine with me. My issue is, why keep the guy on the team who lost the job and really has nowhere to go? I mean, I would almost rather say and and keep and use EQ St. Brown over Valus Jones. EQ St. Brown can block at least, and he has more experience than Valus, and he caught 100-plus, 200-plus yards last year. I mean, EQ is going to be your fourth or fifth wide receiver, when is Vailas going to get any time to play? And when he does get on the field, will anybody target him? The answer is no. Vailas, if he gets on the field on offense, is going to be a fifth wide receiver or coming in as a decoy to do an end around. Or maybe a flip pass and then run, whatever it is, a screen. But that's it. Why keep somebody around who's doing that only? Why keep somebody around for that specific purpose? That's ultra hyper specific. Now we're digging into the weeds to find a way to keep him around. Any kick returner, punt returner, that's specific. And you could make the argument, hey, you need to do multiple things. If you're going to be just a return man, it won't work. But this is hyper-specific. Hey, I only want Vanless Jones in when we need five out or, or five set, five receivers. And maybe if we do an end around and that's about it, he'll never see the field. He'll see the field once or twice a game. Why is he on this team? Oh, my goodness. You know what was comical? And really, I didn't believe it till I saw it. I didn't watch the game live. I had to rewatch the game, uh, the first preseason game. When I heard about it, I just laughed that he mucked the punt. I, I couldn't believe it. I was so beside myself. First of all, the fact that he was still being put out there. Secondly, that he mucked it. <laughs> you just, you can't make it up. You can't make it up. He is that bad. It's true. He's that bad. He can't return punts. And if you bring him in as a punt returner, and that's the specific reason he was brought to this team, then guess what? He shouldn't be here anymore. Send him somewhere low leverage. Maybe he could learn his crap, go back to the USFL maybe. I mean, go somewhere else. This is a winning team, winning organization, playing meaningful football this year. We can't be having dumb mistakes. It was funny and hilarious and whatever last year because they, they were tanking anyway, so really Vanless helped the situation by purposefully losing games. But now, not going to fly. I know it was funny. I know, you know, oh, ha-ha, Vanless Jones, oh, what a joke. But you know what? This is serious now. This team's going to be good. We're, we're past the point of, oh, they're going to go 3-14, and 14, worst team in football, oh, clickbait where we're past all that. This team is poised, minimum wild card spot. They are poised for a playoff run this year. And they can't be having people like Bayless screwing it all up.
I saw somebody comment a couple of weeks ago saying, oh, Baylor's didn't blow those games. Heck, yes, he did. He was part of it. Now, you could say, oh, well, the offense should have adjusted. Well, you know what? It's pretty hard to adjust when the ball's being punted to you. You're in the lead, fourth quarter, one possession game. You mop the punt. The kicking team recovers it, and they're inside the 20-yard line ready to score. So, yes, Baylor Jones did blow those games. He did screw it up. And now he's going to stay on this team and be rewarded for mediocrity. This one is the ultimate head-scratcher. Ultimate head-scratcher. And I just gave Brian Poles praise, so don't come after me saying, I'm, I'm looking for something negative. you got to agree with me on this. Why is Bayless Jones even here? Like, what function does he serve for this team? If you could find something and I'm missing something, by all means, comment and let me know. By all means, let me know what I'm missing, what I'm not seeing. But this one makes no sense. Ryan Poles made the right decisions during this cut process with pretty much everybody. I mean, the P.J. Walker one, how about a great job by Poles maturity-wise to say, you know what, we're going to give up the $2 million. We don't care. We want the better player. Why couldn't you just do this here, too? And I get he's not going to be the punt returner. He won't be the guy. But you know what? Even though he won't be the guy, he's still here. So then the question becomes, what's he going to be used for? And there's really no answer. Nobody's sad. Nobody's come out and said, oh, you know, hey, we're going to use him as a wide receiver. He'll get some reps. Or, no, instead, there's just an open door that maybe one day Bandless could reclaim the punt return spot. I don't care if Bandless claims that he improves and he's gotten better. It's going to take a long time to regain anybody's trust, whether it's mine, yours, anybody in the organization, because he's known as a muffer. That's what he's known as. Get in the preseason last year, preseason this year, blew a couple of games last season. I mean, this is his M.O. It's like when the Browns gave Cody Parkey a contract after the double doink. What are you doing? Why, why would you do that? And sure enough, he was cut same year. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. There is an M.O. There is a reputation here. You have to earn your stripes and prove that this is not who you are. And the best way or place to do it is not on this team. Do it on a tanking team. Do it on a team that's going to suck. Arizona, Los Angeles Rams. I mean, those teams are going to be horrible. Go there, baby. I mean, go somewhere where the stakes are so low that you can actually get work in, not be worried or stressed or have a high level of tension and do your best. Or go back to go to the USFL, go to the XFL, go somewhere else. But you cannot be on a contending team making these dumb, immature mistakes. This team's going to be good for once. They're actually going to win. You can't be having people like Bandless around screwing things up. Don't like this move. Don't agree with it. I agree with Brian Pauls on 48 to 49 out of the other 50 moves or 53 moves he made. But this is one that I staunchly disagree with, and I had to make a video to talk about it. Did you hear? Darnell Mooney was supposed to be traded. Just kidding. It was a false media narrative. Sports Talk Chicago here with John School. Appreciate all of you tuning in. Subscribe to the channel for more Chicago Bears and Chicago sports content. Follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago and hit up our sponsor, Amish Country Farms in Orland Park. Link is in the description of this video. Wanted to make this video to talk about false media narratives and how bad things could get pretty quickly. One, somebody commented, I think it was Just Desirable, who's a great friend of this program, and uh, they've been with us last year during the live calls. They commented asking me on one of my videos last week, hey, did you hear anything about Darnell Mooney being traded? I said, that sounds ridiculous. No, 
Go on Twitter, look around, and it turns out there was a legitimate rumor being peddled by a number of content creators and aggregators claiming that Darnell Mooney was going to be traded. He was on the trade block for the Bears, and that one really made no sense to me. I was planning on making a video dispelling that nonsense and maybe even bashing Ryan Poles a bit, but Poles came out and said the following. The trade rumors kind of cracked me up, he said. We turned every stone, we investigated everything, nothing really got serious. Never thought about or had any conversations about trading Mooney. Never thought about it or had any conversations about it, but yet it became the talk of Bears Twitter and the talk of the internet, really, for a day last week. We've talked about this a number of times on this program. This Bears wide receiving core is so strong and so strong in terms of depth. DJ Moore is a classic number one. Darnell Mooney is probably one of the best number two wide receivers in football. And even Chase Claypool is probably one of the better number three wide receivers when healthy and when willing to perform. I mean, the Bears' depth at wide receiver got unbelievably better in a short period of, t- in a short period of time. And that's thanks to Ryan Poles. I give him beyond credit for it. So it was a great job by him this offseason to get in DJ Moore, then to have that nice hierarchy at one, two, and three. It sets up Justin Fields and this team for success offensively. So I didn't understand, and I didn't understand the idea that Darnell Mooney was going to be traded. Then we find out from Ryan Poles, oh, yeah, he we made it up. Or, you know, it was made up. <laughs> it, it wasn't real. Somebody said something, and then it turned into a gigantic rumor. And I, I want to come on and bash everybody who made this up. This is ridiculous. Do you have nothing better to do with your lives? And I'm all for wanting to make news. And doing your best to make it individually. We do that here every single day. We are individual. We are local. It's me and John. John's producing everything right over there behind the scenes, and I'm here on the mic. We put blood, sweat, and tears into this, and that's fun. And we do our best to make news, to be relevant, to to get people's eyeballs on this channel. But we don't spread falsehoods. And it makes no sense to me, why would this rumor even come up or be true? Obviously, some fanboys are, true Darnell Mooney, and then it caught on. makes no sense. The Bears should and would never trade Darnell Mooney right now. I don't care if he's in the middle of a contract extension talks and all things have hit a wall. Who cares? Darnell Mooney needs to be here, and everybody knows it inside that building. Mooney knows it. Poles knows it. He's not a number one. He'll never be a number one, but he's the best damn number two. One of the best damn number twos in the NFL, and that's a fact. Quote me on it. He is. This guy's a 1,000-yard wide receiver who... Wasn't even getting tons of looks. That was the year in which Justin Fields was thrown into things midseason. He's coming back healthy in 2023 with a revamped offense and somebody above him who's going to draw tons of coverage. My guess is Mooney could be in for a 1,000-yard season in addition to DJ Moore. The Bears could have two 1,000-yard wide receivers if things go according to plan. Why would the Bears trade him? Why would the Bears look into getting rid of Darnell Mooney? This sounds ridiculous. I can't believe I'm making a video on this. It sounds ridiculous. And yet, again, it was the talk of the town for about a day or two. People asking me, hey, have you heard anything about Darnell Mooney? No, I haven't. And no way he's going anywhere. Even in this article here from the Sun-Times, Jason Leisure, before taking a question Wednesday... Bears GM Ryan Poles needed to get out in front of rumors he had heard recently regarding wide receiver Darnell Mooney. I appreciate Poles coming out and saying the obvious, we don't want to trade him. Who came up with this nonsense? My goodness. 
Never thought about or had any conversations about training Mooney. Never thought about doing it. The trade rumors kind of cracked me up. Now, in that same vein, Travis Gibson supposedly requested a trade. Now, Gibson came out after the Bears waved him and said he never did, but Ryan Pohl said he did. I don't know what the truth is there. I don't know, because there are conflicting reports from two different parties. I'm not going to get into the he said, she said thing, but I'm going to say this emphatically right now. The Darnell Mooney trade rumors were false. They made no sense, logistically speaking, and had the Bears actually traded Mooney, it would have hurt them significantly. Who would have been his replacement? Uh, Bettis Jones Jr.? <laughs> EQ St. Brown? I mean, Chase Claypool, and then the number three would have been EQ or, or Bayless? I mean, that's dumb. It made no sense for that to even happen. Darnell Mooney is here to stay at least for this year no matter what. It's true and apparent. You know, I'm all for, at times, even in this business, you know, making something out of nothing. Bending the truth a little bit, you know, having some uh, entertainment behind it, embellishing a tad, and getting people to tune in, that's fine. It, it, this is entertainment. This is fun. We, we enjoy doing this. But just going out saying, yeah, the Bears are going to trade Darnell Mooney. Wait, what? That makes no sense. That I'm not on board with at all. Because it gets the rumor mill flowing. Then we got all of Twitter saying, yeah, he's going to be traded, then nothing happened, and it made no sense. And for a minute there, I was actually, I don't want to say mad, but I was disappointed in Ryan Poles for thinking that he was going to make that decision, but he really didn't. Didn't want to do it. Never even happened. No conversation about it. Guys, come on. It's just a good lesson in terms of media narratives, which I love to talk about on this program. Nobody else does or does it enough because they are really part of the media and they're scared with what Bears brass or, I don't know, other people are going to say because they're too stiff-necked and too worried about things. But I'm going to say it like it is, and I always have and I always will. Media narratives are important when it comes to the Bears. They do a good job at spinning things a certain way to make the media cover things a certain way. The classic example, and the reason why this channel even grew to an extent, was the Mitch Trubisky narrative. I know, oh, I don't want to rehash old news. Mitch is gone, blah, blah, blah. Well, at the end of the day, he was run out of town unfairly and wrongfully. Whether you agree with it or not, I don't really care. It's the truth. He was run out of this town for really no reason. Highest-rated quarterback in Bears history, had a great 2018 season, got screwed up by Matt Nagy and Brian Pace, and was out of here. And then Matt Nagy got fired because Nagy blamed it on him. Then everyone realized, oh, crap, no, it's Nagy. Okay, that was a media narrative that the Bears spun. And it's true because you could go look up articles. There's still internet archives of them. Go back to 2018, then to 2020. Look at the media, media narrative from 2018 and then 2020. Compare the language and the jargon used and the tone used in these articles from 2018 and then 2020. Go back to 2017 when he was drafted. And look at those articles. Everybody who says now Fields is the guy, they were saying Mitch was the guy. These respected columnists, writers, and people of the media. And then in 2020, oh, yeah, he sucks. Get him out of here. What a, what a crappy player. The Bears do a hell of a job at spinning media. That's part of their job, in my opinion. Probably have a chief propaganda officer somewhere in that building. And they're doing it again here. Or, well, maybe they're not, they're not doing it, but people on the outside are doing it now. So now the Bears are getting a taste of their own medicine. So although I feel nice about that, at the end of the day, it hurts content and it hurts the truth. It would make no sense for the Bears 
to trade Darnell Mooney for any reason, unless you're going to get back a first-round pick, because you never get a first-round pick back for a wide receiver, especially number two. Hey, if they got a first-round pick in return, do it. I don't care how good Mooney's going to be. He's a number two here. Do it. But there were no conversations even, so where did this information come from? Where did this stuff get concocted? That's what I want to know, and we're not going to find an answer, but I just don't understand how this all came up in the first place and who said it and why. It's great that Ryan Poles came out and clarified everything, but it's just aggravating. And again, more unnecessary and dumb drama before a year in which the Bears are expected to do great things. Why should we be worrying two weeks before the season if one of their key wide receivers are going to be traded? It's just dumb, and it's lazy. Somebody out there right now might be laughing, hey, I got everybody to, to, you know, to look at this. Well, you know what? Kind of dumb. And who cares? Good for you. You, you got people to, to look at this false, dumb rumor that people didn't even believe anyway. I mean, I was when I saw that, I'm like, there's no way. And I just kind of let it go. So you didn't get me. I just think it's dumb. But the main lesson of all of this, you know, the Mooney rumor aside, just be aware of media narratives as this season moves forward. And we're going to cover them the best that we can here because we are into that stuff and we, we enjoy it. We love it. Be aware of media narratives. Right now, the narrative for the Bears is, in my opinion, an improved year no matter what. Eight to ten wins, potential wild card berth if things go right. Justin Fields is going to be great. Tyson Bajan's exciting. This Bears team is looking good. That's the narrative today. What's going to be the narrative if they start out 3-6? and six? What's going to be the narrative if they lose 15 games again, 14 games again? What's going to be the narrative if they win 15 games? Every year and every season, it's a blank slate. And then from there, they shift things every single week. Even in 2020, as... Difficult as that season was, because early on it was, oh, man, what a bust Mitch is. What a bum. I'll trade him, blah, blah, blah. Then he comes back, wins games, leads the Bears to the playoffs, and all of a sudden, hey, maybe they should keep Mitch. Everybody just goes back and forth, and the Bears do a hell of a job at keeping people on their toes. We're always on our heels here in a good way. We dig our heels in, and we stick to the facts and the truth. This was a dumb rumor that somehow got traction and was spread all over the place. For what reason, I don't really know. I know Mooney is, you know, looking for a contract extension, so I know that maybe he could have had a tie-in, but really it made no sense. So all of you watching, even if you're new to this channel, just remember we're going to do it the right way. We're not going to be doing any of this BS in terms of spreading stuff, spreading nonsense, and making something out of nothing. We're going to do our best through give you the truth with some with some good commentary and opinion mixed in. And I would say whoever whoever did this, whoever made this up, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself if you came out and, and, and made this whole rumor up to the point where Ryan Poles had to directly address it and say that never happened. It's just dumb. And it's lazy. And th- there's no talent in there whatsoever either. So that's all I have to say on it. I, you know, the, the Bears won't trade Mooney. He's going to be here. He's an integral part of this team, and that's the way it should be. Remember that, and keep it tuned here if you're li- willing to listen to legitimate media narratives. We're going to have that all year long here on Sports Talk Chicago. 
appreciate you tuning in. Thank you for watching today's video. Subscribe to the channel for more Chicago sports and Chicago Bears content. Follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. Big thank you, John Meadows in the big chair, directing and producing. And make sure you hit up our sponsor, Amish Country Farms. Link is in the description. So long, everyone.